Merry Christmas. You know, one of the ironic things about that greeting, Merry Christmas, is that many mental health experts believe that there's actually an increase in anxiety and depression around the holidays. So in an article published by Forbes, psychologist Anita Sands says that there are at least three reasons why there's this uptick in both anxiety and depression around the holidays. So one is an increase in demands. So many of us around the holidays have an increase in financial demands, social demands, travel demands, and we can be easily overwhelmed by it and experience anxiety, even depression. While some of us, on the other hand, feel a deep sadness because we can't travel at Christmas time, or we actually don't have the social obligations that we long for. So we experience anxiety, depression. Second possible explanation for the uptick in anxiety and depression around the holidays is an increase in family time. Mom and dad, no offense at all. But the, the truth is that if your family has experienced loss, estrangement, divorce, or just simply dysfunction, there can be an increase in anxiety, depression. Of course, the final reason why there may be this uptick in anxiety and depression around the holidays is because of an increase of expectations. I don't know about you, but I often bring to the Christmas season expectations that just simply can't be fulfilled. And even if I can manipulate Christmas to meet my expectations, then I experience the post-holiday blues because I just can't keep up the Christmas cheer. See, we're in a potentially wearying and fearful time of year, and it's as though our passage for the evening was written directly to us. I mean, listen again to the words that the angel speaks to the shepherds. First two words in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Fear not. Just right in the midst of everything we're facing, it's as though the angel from 2,000 years ago is speaking right to us. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It says, though the angel is looking right into your distresses, your expectations, your temptations, your challenges this Christmas season, and saying, don't be afraid. Fear not. Now, to be totally fair, fear not is the same thing that many of these self-help articles about depression say this time of year. So what's the difference between the religion of self-help and our passage this evening. Well, it's really the difference between advice and news. See, self-help is good advice about what you need to do in order to make things happen and change your circumstances. It's even more self-oriented and exhausting and depressing because it's just good advice about what you have to do. But our passage is so very different. Our passage and Christmas itself is not good advice about what you need to do. It's good news about what God has done through the Savior. Christmas is not good advice about what you need to make happen. Christmas is good news about what God has made possible 
through his son, Christ the Lord, who is the Savior. You see, Christmas is not good advice about what you need to do. It's good news of great joy. And that brings us to our big idea this evening, and it's simply this. Rejoice this Christmas. Rejoice this Christmas. It may be the most countercultural thing you can do in our days. Be happy. Rejoice this Christmas because when the angel announces good news of great joy, the implied command is rejoice this Christmas. Christmas is a season not of sadness but of celebration. And so when the angel announces good news of great joy, the command to all of us is rejoice this Christmas. Now this big idea raises two questions. One, why should I rejoice this Christmas given all that I'm facing? And two, how do I rejoice this Christmas given all that we're facing? And our passage is going to provide us two answers to the why question and one answer to the how. So let's begin with the why first. Why should we rejoice this Christmas? First answer, because it really is good news. The good news of great joy really is good news. Let's look again at Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. You'll see the words on the screen behind me. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So what is this good news? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Don't overlook that the manifestation of the glory of the Lord and the appearing of the angel of the Lord is not initially very good news. I mean, there's a reason why the angel of the Lord has to say, fear not, the shepherds are terrified. And of course, at first, they're probably just scared because they're seeing the manifest glory and light of the Lord in their midst, but there's more to it than that. You see, throughout the Bible, when the Lord's glory falls on a place, it brings often judgment on sinners like you and me. See, at first glance, the manifestation of God's glory to the shepherds is horrible news until the angel announces the good news of great joy that what's appearing to them is none other than the Lord God, Yahweh, come not to judge, but as Savior. You see, if you've ever committed even one sin against the holy God who created the universe, then what you need most this Christmas is a Savior. I mean, frankly, that's why the good advice simply won't do. Because good advice is no match for sadness. Because good advice can't remove the stain or judgment of sin. See, but the reason that we rejoice this Christmas is because the good news of great joy is that unto us has been born the Savior who has come not to improve you but to rescue you 
come not to bring, make bad people good, but to make dead people alive by living the life we should have lived, a sinless life. Dying for our eternal death penalty in our place and rising from the grave again, not to improve us, but save us. Not to make bad people good, but dead people alive. The reason we rejoice this Christmas is because it's the Savior who is in the manger, born to die that we might live. We rejoice because Christmas is not good advice about what you need to do. It's good news about what the Savior has done. So here's my question. How are you tempted to take Christianity as good advice? How are you tempted to take Christianity as good advice? In other words, are you still seeing Christianity as a system of advice about what you need to do to either improve yourself or even get yourself closer to God? You see, as long as you see Christianity as good advice about what you need to do to either improve yourself or get yourself closer to God, you'll never rejoice because you'll still be looking at you wondering if you've done enough. See, but the wonderful news of Christmas is that unto us has not been born Jesus the life coach. Unto us has been born Jesus the Savior, who died in order to make peace between us and God, which brings peace into our hearts and even peace into our most tension-filled relationships. We rejoice this Christmas because unto us has been born the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And he has come not to give you good advice about what you need to do, but good news that he has done it through his life, death, and resurrection. We rejoice this Christmas first because the good news of great joy really is good news. It's news of a savior. Now second, the second reason why we rejoice this Christmas is because it really is good news for all people. It really is good news of great joy that the Savior is born. It's good news for all people. Look again at Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 10. It says, And the angel of the Lord <clears throat> said to them, Now the them are shepherds. Let's keep that in mind. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, a lot of angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Because of nativity scenes, we tend to romanticize shepherds. Not so in the first century. As one New Testament scholar puts it, in general, shepherds were dishonest and unclean according to the standards of the law. They represent the outcasts and sinners for whom Jesus came. Such outcasts were the first recipients of the good news. You see, when the angel announced good news of great joy that a Savior has come and made that announcement to shepherds, it was a vivid declaration that the good news of great joy was for all types of people. So here's a question. 
Who do you believe the good news is for? Just consider for a moment. Who do you think the good news is for? You know, it's a Christmas Eve service. You're probably like, I know who the good news is for. This person next to me that I brought with me. No, I, slow down for a moment. Who do you believe the good news is for? You see, as long as you believe that the good news is for people worse than you or better than you, you won't rejoice this Christmas. As long as you believe the good news is for a past version of you that you've sort of improved and graduated from, then you won't rejoice this Christmas. But everything begins to change when you believe that unto even the likes of you, a Savior was born. See, everything begins to change when you believe that the only qualification to receive the good news is realizing that you don't meet the qualifications. Everything begins to change when you realize that even if you've been following Jesus for years, that right now, if you didn't have a Savior interceding for you before the Father, you would perish eternally. You see, everything changes when you realize that your only hope in life and in death is Jesus because then you can rejoice no matter what life throws at you or even when death comes to you because the news of the Savior is good news even for the likes of us. If you're here this evening and you're sort of maybe checking Christianity out or just like totally apathetic toward the whole thing. You're like, dude, my parents gr dragged me here. First of all, I respect that you're here. And I just want you too to wrestle with the question, who do I believe the good news is for? Do I believe, why do I think that Savior came? What's it have to do with my life? And if you're here and this is like your 50th Christmas sermon, and you're wondering, why are we doing this again and again for even you? I want you to consider, do I still believe that today my only hope in life and in death is that today I have a Savior? Oh, if you do, then you will rejoice, because the good news of the Savior is good news for all people who will receive it. Have you received the good news of great joy? Made Jesus your only hope and in life and in death? If so, then you have every reason to rejoice this Christmas, no matter the season you're in or the circumstances you're facing. Okay, so we've covered the why. We've seen why do we rejoice at Christmas? Because it's good news, it really is good news for all people, even the likes of us. So now the question is how? How do we rejoice this Christmas? And the answer, we see it in the shepherds. We tell the good news. We tell the good news. You know, this passage here in Luke 2 is incredibly personal to me uh, for a somewhat strange reason. You may remember from the scripture reading early in the passage, there's this phrase, the time came for Mary to give birth. That phrase, the time came for Mary to give birth, always reminds me of my daughter's birth. 
because when we were flying down Kelly Drive at a nearly out of control pace, my wife was essentially saying, Matt, the time has come for this baby to be born. In fact, she was just screaming at me, Matt, the baby is coming. Matt, the baby is coming. And like Mary and Joseph, we were not able to get to a suitable place for a baby to be born. And so my daughter, our daughter was born on the front seat of our car at Broad and Arch Street down in Center City. And because Sage's car birth worked out, I consider it good news of great joy. But you want to know how I continue to rejoice in Sage's birth? By telling you guys about it. You know, there's something about good news that your joy in it just isn't quite complete until you go public with it. And it's the same thing for the shepherds. Look at their response to this good news of great joy in Luke 2, beginning in verse 16. It says, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Now, verse 20, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The shepherds experience their fullness of joy in the news of the Savior's birth when they go public and tell about it. Have you ever noticed that your joy in something isn't quite complete until you speak of it? I mean, this is why I love to tell you about Sage's birth. It's why lovers love to speak to one another about their love, even though both of them already know it. It's why we like to Instagram our special experiences. It's because the joy of the experience isn't quite complete until we speak about it. And in the same way, the shepherds show us that the way we rejoice this Christmas is by going public about it, by telling the good news. So there's a question. How can you tell the good news this Christmas? How can you rejoice in the Savior by going public about it? See, one simple way might be just tomorrow in the quietness of your own room, you sing praises to your Savior. We see that these shepherds experience fullness of joy in singing about the Savior back to him. Maybe you are going to be spending the holiday with people who know and love Jesus, and so going public about the good news of great joy will mean that you read the Christmas story from Scripture together. Maybe talk to one another about all of God's goodness that you've seen throughout the last year. Or if, like me, maybe you're going to spend the holiday primarily with people that don't follow Jesus. Well, we then also go public with our joy by speaking about him. When people ask us how life has been over the last year, we speak about Jesus, who is our life. Because the fullness of joy in the Savior it finds its apex when we speak, when we sing to him and speak about him to others. How can you go public with your joy this Christmas? Friends, I want us this year to maybe do the most countercultural thing in our day. I want us to be happy. I want us to rejoice because we have received good news 
of great joy this Christmas that unto us has not been born Jesus the life coach to improve you, but Jesus the Savior to rescue you now and forever. Let's rejoice, amen? All right, let's stand together and we are going to tell of the joy of our Savior by singing songs together. During the first two songs, if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you also, if you would like, to partake in communion. You notice there will be tables in front and in back. There are gluten-free options in the back. You can come to the tables anytime during the next two songs, tear off a piece of bread. It's a symbol of Jesus' body that was broken for you. You can dip it in the cup. It's a symbol of his blood that was shed for you. And as you eat it, remember that unto you has been born not a coach but a savior who has died so that you might live eternally through him and rejoice. Now, if you're here today and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you, instead of coming to the communion tables, to come to Jesus himself. Today, he will welcome you with open arms. Will you give him your sin, receive his forgiveness, make him your only hope in life and in death? you're saying, I have no idea how to do that. There's even a sample prayer on those connect cards that can help give you language for expressing yourself to him. Now, please remember, that prayer won't rescue you. Only Jesus rescues. That prayer will help give you language. But after those first two songs, please make your way back to uh, your chairs if you haven't already, because we, during the final two songs, will light candles and sing by candlelight. So let's rejoice now, because Christ our Savior is born. Amen?